0: Energy. The guy told me I was no spring chicken anymore, and that's why my ankle was still hurting. I'm 33, not 133. The passion. The Red Sox handling of Xander Bogarts is a complete organizational failure. The opinions on all your favorite teams. No, not this year, but it's next year where Bill Belichick ends up on the hot seat. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WdeVAM AM, FM, and WDEV Radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEVAM AM and FM, WDEV Radio.com. Nick Mumley filling in for Brady one last time over the holiday season. We've got a. Big show today, almost all the way to 7 o'clock. We'll be going to 6.45 tonight before we head out to Brant Curtis for high school basketball. Lamoille and uh, Harwood. we doing battle and girls basketball action with Brant Curtis later on tonight. That'll be the pregame show starting at 6.45. We got a lot of Patriots to talk about tonight. If you remember, if you were listening in on... What was it? Tuesday when we had the first responders bowl and I got to come on and I got to talk about one thing, one segment for about 15 minutes. I think it was 12 and a half minutes all when it was all said and done. I didn't get to get out everything that I had to say that day. So we have plenty to get to today before we go out to Brent Curtis. This will be the last time that I'm filling in as of scheduled right now. Brady will be back on Monday. Tomorrow we'll be gone to Norwich where they will be having their hockey tournament. So we will not have a Brady Farkas show. But let's get right into it. This is going to be our last show before the Patriots against the Dolphins on Sunday. So we're going to have a lot to talk about with that show, or, or with that game coming up this weekend. We're going to break it down from every angle where the Patriots going to be able to excel against the Dolphins? where the Dolphins are going to be able to excel against the Patriots? Who do we realistically think is going to come out and win? Will When, when Brady comes back on Monday, will we, will we be talking about the Patriots are going into a Week 18 showdown with Buffalo for an opportunity to go make the playoffs, or will Brady be talking about how the Patriots' season is over because they were eliminated from playoff contention by... The Miami Dolphins, who will not have their starting quarterback. And we'll get to that. So we'll preview that game. We'll also go back to last week against Cincinnati. And we're going to talk about Mac Jones. And the questionable quote-unquote slide that he had there uh, at the end of... off the uh, turnover in that game where he took out Eli Apple. That has created quite the stir on social media. He's been asked about it. G- I'm going to give my opinion on that one uh, as well. I think that's a very interesting uh, thing there that Mac Jones did, and uh, everybody has been talking about that one. We'll also give you the latest updates on the Bruins, who got three out of a possible four points in a two-day, two-game game. Two different city on the road road trip to kick off uh, coming back from the holiday break. About as good as you could ask for from the Boston Bruins as they continue to roll along. Might talk some Red Sox at the very end if we got some time, but like I said, a little bit shorter tonight. We'll go to Brent Curtis' 645. All right, if you want to get in on tonight's show, remember you can text in on the NAPA text line 802-585-3026. That's your locally owned NAPA stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. All right, now, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber, online at sticksandstuff.com. All right. The New England Patriots. If you're on social media whatsoever, or if you watch the game on Saturday, you have a good eye for things. You didn't have power knocked out or internet knocked out like I did, I had to go back on Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon before I came on the show to sub for Brady to go and watch the full complete game of that Patriots-Bengals game because that big storm that we had go through knocked out my power and it knocked out my internet, the power came back on but we didn't have internet or cable or any of that for up until uh, Tuesday night I believe, so that made things fun. But if you were watching, you saw the the block that Mac Jones threw on Bengals cornerback Eli Apple. In the days since, Mac has been taking a lot of heat. It's kind of calmed down a little bit, but in the days after it was really strong, people calling him a dirty player, posting videos and clips of everything that he has done over the course of his year-and-a-half, two-year NFL career, saying, man, this guy is throwing some dirty shots throughout his career, and his reputation's taking a hit. Mag, though, he came on, he said that the move wasn't intentional. He wasn't trying to injure Eli Apple. He was simply trying to slow him down. Yeah, I think, obviously, that's a big part of it is everybody you know, has an opinion, and the biggest thing for me is just focus on being the best teammate I can be and earning the respect of the people in this building um, and the people I care about. So obviously I have respect for everybody around the league and it takes a lot to get to this league. Um, And, you know, I know there's really good players out there and we're all playing hard and trying to win. So um, at the end of the day, you have to keep that in mind. It's, it's a game and um, you want to just have fun and enjoy it and compete against each other. And that's something that I've always done. And I know my teammates appreciate that about me. So, I'm not sure that I, Necessarily believe Mac Jones here. This is a weird one because I, I I don't think Mac Jones is lying, but I also don't think he's telling the truth all the way. I think it's a little bit half and half. Let's look back now. Like I said, over Mac's two-year career, and especially this season when things have really got tough. Last year, Mac Jones didn't face a whole lot of adversity. The Patriots were really good for most of the regular season. It got bad at the very end, and it seemed like the Patriots fell apart and kind of imploded over the course of three or four weeks at the end of the year, and it, got, it went from really good to really bad really quick. There wasn't really time for a Mac Jones, any sort of frustration to be shown by any of the Patriots. This year, things have gotten frustrating for the Patriots. There's times when I think Mac Jones just has his wires crossed. And I don't think he's able to keep his emotions in check at all times. We've been talking about it now, what, three or four times in in the last month and a half, two months, that Mac Jones is having outbursts towards his coaches. Mac Jones needs to keep his emotions in in check. He's not being a leader because he's voicing his displeasure with Matt Patricia while he's still on the field. Is stuff like this where Mac Jones has a throw, just kind of falls in front of, uh, in front of Eli Apple on a turnover where the ball's going the other way and the frustrations boiling over. The first half against Cincinnati was very frustrating. It was a game where the Patriots were just scratching and clawing all game, and they got super close at the end. They couldn't. It's it just a frustrating game overall to watch. Do you think maybe that the wires crossed again here? And But instead of Mac Jones screaming at Matt Patricia, he maybe decided to Just kind of try and take out a bangle. I don't think that's far-fetched. I think this all kind of wraps itself into one thing here. Where Mac Jones, when things get really frustrating for him over the course of a game. He can tend to have those wires cross a little bit. And lose his mind a little bit. I mean, we, we've all seen it hey, where, you know, and a lot of people who are athletes, you know, they know the feeling where, oh, something happens and you're really frustrated and in the heat of the moment and the heat of the competition, you do something that you didn't even consciously think about doing, but you did it and now you feel really bad about it. That's why I think he's... he and he does the same thing when when he talks with uh, the media about talking with Matt Patricia and screaming at Matt Patricia all that uh, all that whole stuff he's kind of blows it off says hey it's not a big deal it's the heat of competition i'm not trying to cause any issues here and i don't think he is i just think it's the heat of competition taking over for mac jones which i mean it I don't think he's doing it on purpose, which is a good thing. But the bad news is is that he's doing it. And the bad news is, now he has his reputation. So this needs to get figured out. And it needs to get figured out fast. Because one of these times, Mac is... The wires are going to cross. Mac is going to kick a guy when he's he's sliding. Or he's going to do something to the wrong guy. And it's going to be a huge problem. And... uh, that's going to be tied to Mac Jones for the rest of his career. Now, by and large, the NFL, which is a very violent sport, the players have respect for each other. They're going to play hard and clean. And that's kind of like that fraternity where they understand that this is what we're doing for the game, but we're not going to go out and try to intentionally injure people. And... When there is a player out there where that can, where, where the other team or even the teammates of, a, of that player cannot 100% say that, oh, this guy is not trying to hurt people, that's when things get bad. That's when, as a quarterback, if you're doing that, you begin to lose the locker room because opponents are not going to stand for that, and that could cause a lot of problems on the field, off the field. And it could become a huge distraction. And right now, where the Patriots are at currently, the last thing that this team needs, on the field or off the field, is a distraction from the game of football. Coming up next, we're going to preview this week's game against Miami. What do the Pats need to do to come away with a win? It's winner go home for New England. Can they do it? We're going to take a look at it next on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV Radio.com. Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. We were, now we're looking at this game. Patriots, Miami Dolphins. Winner, go home. And the Patriots better. Win this game. There's no excuse for them not to. They have everything that they need to go out and get a win tonight or this weekend. They have had all the adversity. Right. They've got uh, they've they've had the game against Miami already. They know what's going on with the Bengals. This, there's no more motivation than going into a final game or a second-to-final game. But the Patriots need to treat this like a final game. It's you win this, your season continues. You lose this, your season is over. They Sure, the Patriots have done just about everything to get things to to this point where we're even in this discussion where there's a game left in the season and we're talking about how New England could get eliminated. But this is now a playoff game. And at the end of the day, when you go into the playoffs, it's a whole new season. Just ask Cincinnati. Remember the Bengals last year? What were they? 10 and 7? They got a win in the playoffs after sneaking in. They eke out a playoff win. They get things started to figure out. Next thing you know, they're in the Super Bowl, and now that entire franchise has turned around. You know, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to this Patriots team because I don't think Mac Jones is Joe Burrow, and I don't think the Patriots' talent on the roster is anywhere close to what Cincinnati has but when you get to the playoffs it is a complete and total reset and the patriots have no excuse to lose this game because they have nothing to lose nobody want they're out of the playoffs right now they win they can find a way to they, they can give them a chance or they can give themselves a chance to win again next week And maybe sneak their way in. Miami is reeling. The Dolphins are supposed to make the playoffs. This was supposed to be the big year where Miami went all in. They got Mike McDaniel. They got Tua. They got Tyreek Hill in the big trade. They got Bradley Chubb on the defensive side. This was supposed to be the year that the Dolphins challenged the Bills. For the AFC East challenged, pushed for a Super Bowl, made a deep playoff run. Now they're without Tua, who's on what his third concussion of the season, second, third. If you, I'm not sure how many concussions you want to give him in that in that week two to three range, that's something else we'll get to later. But the Dolphins are the team. How many people this year, going into it, said, yeah, I think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs, the Dolphins are going to miss? Not many. Nobody was going out there at the beginning of this year and saying that. Now here we are, two weeks to go, Miami is reeling. They just lost to Green Bay, who's further out of the playoff picture than the Patriots are. Well... Maybe Green Bay's working their way back in a little bit closer. But the Packers were dead at midseason. Aaron Rodgers is getting them back into the picture, but that's uh, that that's beside the point here. Miami cannot afford to miss the playoffs. The Patriots? Nobody was expecting playoffs this year. I mean, maybe on a, a good note. If the season went really well, and Patriots would find their way into the playoffs. But the beginning of the year, you look back, the Broncos got Russell Wilson. The Chargers got better. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. The Bills are still the Bills. The Bengals are probably going to be really good because they just went to the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow looks like the uh, a next superstar quarterback. Miami's supposed to be really good. The Raiders are supposed to be really good. They got Devontae Adams. You know, they got Josh McDaniels. Who does that leave where the Patriots, at the beginning of the year, people were saying, we're lucky if this team isn't in the bottom of the AFC. Here they are in the play- or in a chance for the playoffs. This is a Patriots team that, as frustrating as this season has been for what we were all talking about in the beginning of the year, this is a team that has overachieved. And on the Miami Dolphins side, for what we were all talking about in the beginning of the year and how dangerous Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell were going to be as a wide receiver duo and how good of a coach Mike McDaniel was coming over from San Francisco and the Kyle Shanahan offense and how it was just going to be an unstoppable offense. And then even midseason when they traded for Bradley Chubb from Denver. Tua is going to have a breakout season. He's going to be great this year. Remember week two against Baltimore when the, when Miami had that huge comeback? And they moved to 2-0 and and Tua threw like four touchdowns and Tyreek caught like three of them and Tyreek Hill had like 200 yards. People were going crazy. People were saying, oh, cancel my Super Bowl pick because Miami's going from the AFC. Well, there's been some injuries, but there's also been... Some not-so-great play from the Dolphins, and this is a team that has underachieved. And now we are here at Week 17. Tua is out. He's gone with a concussion. Teddy Bridgewater will start for the Dolphins. The Patriots at home, at Foxborough, where historically they have dominated Miami in late-season games in Foxborough. They get to play this game where they have nothing to lose, where they can say, hey, we tried so hard to cost ourselves a playoff spot, but we're going into Week 18, we're going into that game against Buffalo, and we have a shot. Or Miami can come out of this saying, Yeah, we just lost to the Packers. We just lost to the Patriots. We might still not have our quarterback. Are we going to make the playoffs? And what happens if we don't? The Dolphins are going to be expected to win this game. And they better do it. If they want their, if they want, if they don't want their season to be looked at as an extreme disappointment, but for New England, everything is setting up for this to be a game that they go out and win because they have nothing to lose. Miami has everything to lose. Damian Harris, he did not practice today. He was limited at practice on Wednesday, so it looks like he might have taken a little bit of a step back. He's been hit or miss all season. Um, at this point, I'm not planning for him to have any impact on the offense. That could change, obviously, depending on what happens with tomorrow's practice reports. So we'll see. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Like I said on Tuesday, what do the Patriots do with the run game? Do they use Ramondre Stevenson like they have? Or... Do they get Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong of it into the game a little bit more? I personally would love to see a little bit more of Pierre, of Pierre Strong before this season ends. Because I, I think that kid's real good. He's I, I loved him coming out of college. He's just like a little bowling ball. He's He doesn't have the size of Ramondre Stevenson, but he's got that speed that I just cannot remember... Aside from, I think he's the fastest Patriots running back since Sony Michelle has the uh, the opportunity to be. I'd love to see a little bit more of him, um, especially with the problems that Ramondre Stevenson has had over the last few weeks. I'd like to see less Ramondre this week. I'd like to see Bill send a message there. On the defensive side, the Patriots can greatly help their chances by continuing to do what they've done over the, well, really all season, but especially over the last few weeks. And that is to just put these quarterbacks into a blender on the opposite side of the field. When these teams are on their own side of the field, the Patriots are getting so many interceptions right now. And even the Patriots past defense is only ranked 14th. It feels like they're getting at least one defensive touchdown a game off an interception. The defense, I think this is one of the best Patriot defenses I can ever remember. I mean, they're playing out of their minds right now. I think if you can obviously hold Teddy Bridgewater, who I really don't think is as bad I don't think he's a huge downgrade from Tua Tagovailoa, by the way. I don't. I think if you can pick him off once inside the Miami 50-yard line, I think the Patriots win this game. I think that's the key when it comes down to it. But we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater in this game. And Teddy Bridgewater, kind of a guy that's been tossed around amongst a bunch of different teams over the course of his career. Obviously the horrible injury that he had when he was the starter in Minnesota. He was, uh, he started almost the full season in Denver last year. Good quarterback. Tua is obviously the starter here. I don't think that anyone's discussing that, but I really don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a huge downgrade and. I was glad when I got in here today, and we're looking through the audio that uh, Danny, who produces the Vermont Viewpoint show, was able to was nice enough to grab for me. Shout out to him! He grabbed this clip from Herm Edwards this morning about Teddy Bridgewater, and he agrees with me, and I'm glad. Teddy has a lot of experience. I do think this, they'll lean a little bit more on the run and the play-action pass. And Teddy throws the ball very nicely, especially outside the numbers. When you look at the Miami Dolphins, they're real heavy of throwing balls inside the numbers. Teddy has the ability to throw both. He throws a nice long ball. I think the running game and the play-action will help them. Uh, I I like having Teddy Bridgewater. This is why you go out and get a veteran quarterback. You hate to hear this happen to Tua, uh, but they're still in good hands with Teddy Bridgewater. I think the team will rally around him. I agree. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be really good, and I think he's going to give the Dolphins a chance. But the Patriots, they need to go into this game as if it's their last. One loss is going to knock them out. So every game from here on out is a playoff game. I really hope we see that from them because going out, if the Patriots lay an egg on Sunday, that will be the biggest disappointment of the year for me. On the other side of the CBS update, we are going to talk about Derek Carr and what could happen with him. That could be interesting. All that and more coming up next on The Brady Farkas Show, WDEV AM and FM, and Radio.com. Make your opinion heard by texting onto The Brady Farkas Show at 802 585 3026. Now it's back to The Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVRadio.com. Welcome back in Brady Farkas show on WDEV AM and FM, wdevradio.com. The big news of the last couple of days, Derek Carr in Las Vegas. He's been benched by the Raiders. Josh McDaniels, the coach over there obviously, sitting Carr down going with former Patriot quarterback Jarrett Stidham for the final two games. Now they're playing San Francisco and Kansas City for their last two games, so I don't think they had much of a chance even with Carr. But Derek Carr benched after a three-interception game against Pittsburgh on Saturday. If the Patriots are smart here, they're going to try to make a trade for Derek Carr because here's the deal. Carr has stepped away from the Raiders. They're not going to play him. He's going on the non-football exempt list or th- whatever. The, it's the, the same exact thing Deshaun Watson was on last year, but Derek Carr is on it simply because the Raiders don't want them playing or him playing for them. Derek Carr makes gets $40 million if he's still on the Raiders' list. Um, I believe at the start of the new league year in March. So the Raiders are going to cut him or they're going to trade him because it's going to free up a lot of cap space. If the Patriots are smart here, I think they trade Mac Jones for him. I mean, what you look at Derek Carr over the last couple of years before this year, when Josh McDaniels came in and the Raiders have had a pretty miserable season. They've come back a little bit, but the first part of the year, the Raiders were really bad. Cars had a career bad season, career worst season, 14 picks. It leads the league. It's a career high for him. He's not having a great year, but he's only one year removed of the off of the best season of his career. I think that, Carr at 31 years old, probably still has five years at the low end, 10 years at the high end left in his career. I think he's just a change of scenery away from being right up there as a, at worst, a mid-level quarterback in the NFL. At best, a low-end star quarterback in the NFL. The one thing that bothers me when people talk about the Patriots and the quest to get back to greatness in the post-Tom Brady era and, oh, you know, Mac isn't great at this. He's not good enough here. He's not good enough there. Mac isn't a superstar is what is the big complaint from everybody. Unfortunately, the tough news that Patriots fans have to face is that 90% of the teams in the NFL will not have a superstar quarterback this year. They're not going to have one next year. They might not ever have one. All those years when Tom Brady was dominating the NFL, specifically in the AFC, who who else could you say, go out and say, was a equal or similar talent? Peyton Manning. It's probably it. Andrew Luck for a little bit when he was healthy. Now you've got Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. Everybody else is saying, yeah, we're going to be the next team that finds that superstar quarterback. Maybe the Chargers are pretty close with Justin Herbert. Mac Jones is not one of those guys. I don't think anybody thought he was one of those guys coming in. But you, there, there comes a point in time when you understand how rare... It is for a team to get their quote-unquote franchise quarterback. And you have to understand at some point that the Patriots probably aren't going to have another quarterback that wins them multiple Super Bowls for some time. Would that be wonderful if they were able to get as lucky as, let's say, the Green Bay Packers who went years with uh, with Brett Favre on that team and had so many good years with Brett Favre and then immediately they get Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is is so awesome and he's he's winning them a Super Bowl and playoffs every single year considered a perennial a perennial playoff team Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback yep great When Aaron Rodgers leaves the the Green Bay Packers in a couple of years and Jordan Love or some other guy comes in and takes over, that guy is not going to have any success. I can almost guarantee it. Because there's going to be so much pressure because the Green Bay Packers have had a franchise quarterback for 25, 30 years. The Patriots are in a similar spot. The sooner that the New England Patriots realize and their fans realize that you have to be happy. Making the playoffs in the NFL is a good thing. And I think that Derek Carr is an upgrade over Mac Jones. I think that Derek Carr could put the Patriots in a position where they're solid in the playoffs just about every year. Is Derek Carr going to come into New England and win us 10 Super Bowls? No. Is he going to win us one Super Bowl? Probably not. But can Derek Carr put together... Is Derek Carr capable of looking at... When you look at this Patriots roster, you add Derek Carr to that, and assuming that he can get back to where he was two, three years ago, you're going to tell me that Derek Carr can't win that... can't win 11, 12 games, year in, year out, With the New England Patriots. Can you say the same about Mac Jones? Sure Mac is a lot younger. He's on a rookie deal. But has he shown you anything. That says that he can even be a. Like. Low end star. In the NFL. Because with Mac Jones. I see a year in 2022 that has stunted his growth with a bad offensive coordinator and bad play calling and a bad offense altogether that where last year he might have had a chance to develop into a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr where he can lead you to 11, 12 wins a year. He's probably not going to ever win you a Super Bowl. But maybe you'll have that one really good year that you'll remember, where you went to the AFC Championship and you only lost by uh, by five points to Patrick Mahomes. This year, I I don't feel like Mac Jones has that in his future. I if I'm the Patriots, I'm trading Mac Jones for Derek Carr today. Obviously, you can't cause it's trade deadline, but first chance you get. Now Carr, he does have a no trade clause. But I feel like he would want to come to New England if this was if that was the option that was put in front of him. This is a team, it's got a history of success, a winning culture. He's got a guaranteed starting job unless of course Tom Brady decides he wants to come back. If if Carr vetoed this trade, it wouldn't be for football reasons. Unless he has a personal vendetta with Bill Belichick, which who knows. The Raiders here, what they're doing is also very interesting to me. Because the Raiders saying we are going to give up, or we're gonna bench Derek Carr. That tells to me there that tells me that the little fantasy that I had this afternoon of Mac Jones being traded to Derek or to the Raiders for Derek Carr straight up one for one. It's not going to happen. The Raiders are not happy with where they're at. And I don't think there's anybody in the NFL right now that says, or that's going out there and saying, I think Mac Jones makes us a better team. I don't think anybody's saying that the Raiders want Tom Brady or the Raiders want Jimmy Garoppolo or maybe the Raiders want Lamar Jackson. Who knows? I think that's a little bit of an outside shot, but with Josh McDaniels, the Raiders want one of the guys that was in new England with Tom Brady, or with Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator, they want Tom Brady, or they want Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they want Mac Jones. I know Josh McDaniels has the relationship with Mac Jones. I know Mac Jones likes Josh McDaniels, but I don't. I don't think. Ma- I, I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to look at Mac Jones and view him as someone that can take this franchise to the next level, because. If the Raiders were happy with that quarterback, that is going to give you a shot at winning a playoff game or two, and 11, 12 games a year on the, in the good years, they wouldn't have gotten rid of Derek Carr, who's been there for nine years and had, a, you know, had a, a great career in in Las Vegas and in Oakland. The Raiders want they they want to do something that puts them in that conversation. Bengals and Joe Burrow, Bills and Josh Allen, Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Is there anyone out there that can get them to that situation? Can Tom Brady even get them into that conversation anymore? That's an action uh, that that's a serious question. And I, I I don't get the move by the Raiders, but we we'll see. You never know. Let's see. Mark in Essex says, Carr, are you serious? He can't win with Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think Carr is, is in a system that does not fit him right now. I don't think Josh McDaniels came in there and wanted Derek Carr in there. Do you remember Derek Carr last year, the year before? Derek Carr was having a great year. He's been a great quarterback. He's been very, very strong for Las Vegas in the past before Josh McDaniels came in. That was oil and water, and you could tell it from day one. You could read the writing on the wall from the moment Josh McDaniels jumped in there that Derek Carr was not coming back. We have an unnamed texter. Carr for Mac? Really? Anyone else suggesting this? Wow, interesting. It is. It is a very interesting thing. And I was talking with Brady about this earlier on in the afternoon about the potential of maybe this happening. But I I mean if I if I'm the Patriots I'm getting on the phone with them with the Raiders right now and saying, "Yeah, let's do this. I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than uh, than Mac Jones in New England." But if I'm the Raiders, I'm not. I, I won't do it. the Ra- The Raiders are going all. This is an all in move for Tom Brady. I really think so. Um, I mean, there. Wh- there's nothing else that the Raiders. The Raiders are getting rid of a good quarterback here. To try and do what? I, I think. I, I don't. I just don't see them making a lateral move. Josh McDaniels. We we look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Are we re- really going to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Mac Jones or um or or Derek Carr here? I I don't think there is. The one thing that the Raiders could look at again. And why you might not see a trade for a quarterback for a quarterback right here is that I think, or if if the Raiders give if the Raiders trade with Matt with the Patriots get Mac Jones Derek Carr one for one, they don't get any opportunity really at draft picks back unless they say we want Mac Jones in a first or Mac Jones in a second, which. Then, if I'm the Patriots, I get a little bit wary on that. I'm probably not going to make that trade because there's too many holes on the roster to begin with. Now, if I'm the Raiders and I say, hey, we're going to, we're, Tom Brady didn't want to sign with us or he retired or whatever. Derek Carr, we're still not going to have you here. We're going to sign Jimmy Garoppolo instead. We're going to trade Derek Carr to some team that needs a quarterback, and we're going to get a second round pick in return. At that point, then you gain Jimmy Garoppolo, you gain a second-round pick, and I think the Raiders are picking. And uh, right now, they'd be picking ninth overall, I believe, in the draft. Probably have a chance at C.J. Stroud or or um, Will Levis. There are either of those guys any better than Derek Carr? I don't think so. So, I mean, I. I, I think this goes back to Mac or to Josh McDaniels. Got there, didn't like what Derek Carr brought to the table for whatever reason. Derek Carr didn't really fit into the Josh McDaniels offense. See, it, it seems like an oil and water situation. I'm not looking at Derek Carr at 31 years old and seeing a career bad season and saying Derek Carr's toast. He's done. I see he got a new coach this year. The coach clearly did not value him in the offense. And now they're benching him with two two games to go one year after he just signed this mega contract. And Josh McDaniel says, yeah, we don't want any part of this anymore. Go somewhere else. I think the Raiders tried this out for a year. They saw Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert qualify for the playoffs. They saw the Broncos get Russell Wilson. And still struggle and say, how in the world are we ever going to make the playoffs with Derek Carr? And while the Patriots, if I am in the New England front office, I'm giving him Mac Jones for Derek Carr all day. If I'm the Raiders, I'm hanging up that phone call because do you think Mac Jones... Will ever give the Raiders a shot over Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr? Or in Russell Wilson? A lot of quarterbacks coming out of my mouth right now. But do you think Mac Jones will give them a realistic shot against those other three quarterbacks? Even though Russell Wilson had a horrible season this year. And in two years, I think that we're probably talking about Russell Wilson as not anywhere close to a superstar quarterback anymore. I don't think Russell Wilson's coming back from whatever this year was personally. But in that AFC West, the Raiders are not going to look at Mac Jones as an option to beat Mahomes and Herbert. This is all about making the big splash to try to get up there because they realize that there's two other teams in their division that both have super young quarterbacks that are both superstars that their franchise hasn't seen in decades. So we'll see what happens. I would, lo- I would be a huge fan of Derek Carr coming to New England, but I don't think it'll happen. Coming up next... We're going to switch away from the Patriots, who we have talked about all show long so far. We have just a little bit of time left. We're going to talk about the Boston Bruins. Played last night to a 3-1 win against New Jersey. What has Jim Montgomery got this team doing? And why has my opinion changed on the future of this team over the last couple of weeks? That's coming up next on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVRadio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM, WDEVRadio.com. Nick Mumley with you here for the next few minutes before we kick it out to Brett and Curtis who is getting ready for some high school basketball tonight between Harwood and Lamoille on the girls' side. Should be a good game. But before we get out there, I want to talk about the Boston Bruins. Bruins come back from the Christmas break, You get four days off in the NHL. No games, no travel. Toronto Maple Leafs uh, got whacked with a fine for traveling during the Christmas break trying to get to St. Louis, they got knocked 100K for that. The Bruins followed all the rules of the NHL uh, over the uh, Christmas break. They came back, though, and hit a tough stretch on the schedule. Two straight games um, right in a row, back-to-back on the road. They went to Ottawa, and then they went to um, New Jersey last night. Last night, they get the win 3-1. to over the Devils, uh, they they did lose in the shootout to Ottawa. I didn't expect them to win last night. I didn't uh, the the Ottawa game. Ottawa kind of seems to have their number this year, but the Bruins put together a good effort. They had a they, they had a goal called offsides, which I still think is the dumbest rule in hockey. But I need way more than an hour and a half to uh, rant about that one, so we'll save that for another time. I didn't think they would go. They would get 3 out of 4 points. I didn't think they would win last night. Um I thought if there was a time that the Bruins would kind of start to go on a little bit of a mini slump, this would be it. And all all year long, really. I've been watching this team and I will s- settle in on my couch at night and make a bowl of popcorn, and crack open a beer and say tonight's the night probably. That the, the fairy tale comes to an end. The Bruins are going to put up a stinker. They're going to lose 4-1. to The game's not going to be close. Something's going to happen. And they just find a way every time. They'll fight right back into it. They'll go down a goal. I'll be like, yep, not our night. Oh, well. It's a long season. We're still doing good. Nope. Here comes Patrice Bergeron. He's got a couple of goals. Don't oh, David Pasternak just scored on the power play. The Bruins grind out another win. And if it, the really bad re- nights right now are <laughs> the Bruins losing a shootout, so things are going pretty well right now in this uh, in this season. Um, but many have dubbed this one as the quote unquote last dance for the Bruins with you know Bergeron and Krejci and Marchand. Everybody was wondering at the end of last year. Bergeron was getting ready to retire. Krejci had already gone back to the Czech Republic for a year and had no plans of coming back. Everybody was saying, "All right, well, Bruins just lost in the first round. This team did not really feel like a cup contender this year. Is it time to tear it down?" Well, they chose not to. They said, "You know what? We're going to fire Bruce Cassidy, who had brought us to the playoffs for, uh, brought them to the playoffs for six seasons in a row." We're going to bring in Jim Montgomery. Let's see what Jim Montgomery can do. And I'll tell you what. The day that the Bruins fired Bruce Cassidy, the skies seemed pretty dark for the future of the Bruins. Patrice Bergeron, your captain's leaving. Krejci's never coming back. Pasternak is a free agent. We have no faith that he's going to re-sign. There's just no depth anywhere. You're not getting any performance. Jake DeBrusque wants a trade. Taylor Hall's all right, but can you really center your team around him? Probably not. And then here comes Jim Montgomery, and he has completely flipped the script uh, flipped the script on uh, script on this. Here's Keith Yandel on what has changed for the Boston Bruins going from bruce cassidy last year and the last six years to jim montgomery this year you know obviously bringing in monty a guy that everyone loved in dallas um you know i played with guys that i played for him in college they loved him you know it obviously the way that the guys are playing uh you know they're playing hard for him they're playing loose but yeah i'd say the biggest thing is just i'd probably say the coaching and just you know obviously i think i think Cassidy was a great coach, he did a lot of great things, but sometimes just getting a fresh face in for those guys uh, that have been there for a while with him uh, has really helped them out this year. Jim Montgomery has unlocked so many players on this Bruins team. Now, granted that the Bruins play pay Posternak what he's worth, where... Six months ago, I didn't seem optimistic that he would come back. But winning kind of cures everything. Pasta's having a great season. He's almost doubled his production from last year. He's going to He's gonna command a lot of money. He's probably going to make 12 or $13 million a year, which is, he's going to get the richest contract in Boston Bruins history. But he's worth it. And I hope he does. But as long as they bring him back... I think the Bruins have a chance to be a contender for years to come. And yes, I understand winning makes everything look a little bit better than it did when things weren't so great six months ago. But Jim Montgomery, like Keith Yandel, who for quite a while owned the Iron Man streak in the NHL, very respected around the league, and he's doing a great job now as an analyst after retiring, Jim Montgomery has kind of been a fresh face and a fresh voice for this team. And he's opened things up. He's unlocked some guys. You remember Jake DeBrusque last year? He wanted to trade Bruce Cassidy. Had he was in the doghouse and playing him on the fourth line. Healthy scratch at times. Jake DeBrusk has been a true first line forward this year. Who thought we were going to say that? Jake DeBrusque has been playing. And he hasn't been carried by Marchand and Bergeron on that top line either. He has been right there with them. The goal he scored against Ottawa on Tuesday night, that was awesome. <laughs> Deflects it off the back uh, off the back glass, misses the net with his initial shot, corrals the rebound, kind of like uh, you know, in soccer when you corral a ball out of the air, it lands right on your foot, gets it right out right down out of the air onto his stick, puts it behind the goalie before the goalie even knew what was going on. That was a huge goal for him and he's having a great year and he is playing as a legitimate first line forward right now, which is great to see because last year when Jake DeBrusk, who was a first round pick of the Boston Bruins and had so much potential and he, we saw him in those 2018 playoffs and he looked like he was really could be a special player and then kind of fell off. Wasn't really willing to go into the dirty areas or Play play the puck in the corners, kind of just wanted to wait, find the have the puck, find his uh, find his stick, and try to put a shot on net. That didn't work for him. Bruce Cassidy though, or Jim Montgomery though, has come in and allowed Jake DeBrusque to kind of find his game a little bit. And all of a sudden, Jake DeBrusque has gone from a guy that requested a trade out of Boston last year because things had gotten so bad for him to now he is playing uh, like a true top 15 lottery pick that the Bruins used on him 7 years ago. That's been great to see. Brad Marchand, he's a little a little bit of a slump right now, but he just had hip surgery. And I don't think Brad Marchand gets hip surgery if he's not planning on playing for the next few years at the very least. Taylor Hall's reemerged. He's been all over the lineup. Remember, this guy was the MVP, what, four or five years ago? He's not not playing like an MVP right now, but there was a while where he was playing like he was not going to be in the league by the time he was 35. He's back up to a great player that could play first-line minutes if the Bruins needed it from him. Right now, they got him playing second and third-line minutes, and he's the best second or third-line player in the NHL, I believe. He's locked up for years to come. Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm are your top pairing for at least the next five years, barring injuries. Matt Grizzlick is a free agent this year, but for a guy who literally grew up in the Boston Garden and has played for the Bruins his entire career, I doubt he's going anywhere. Jeremy Swayman has been a little bit shaky this year, but I, I still think he's the goalie of the future. And then Lena Zolmark, who we talked, I talked about last time we did a full-length show on here. He's gone from a probably a one B goalie that is going to get 30 ish, 30, 35 starts a season. If he gets a save percentage over 900, a goals against average under three, we're going to call it a good year. All of a sudden, Lena Zolmark leads the league in every major goaltending category, and he's been a he's probably the front runner for the Vezina right now. He's playing out of his mind. He doesn't make any difficult he doesn't make saves look difficult right now. That's the best part about Linus Allmark. is that he's so in position. He makes it look easy. There's no diving saves. There's no there's a couple of huge glove saves that he can make, but you don't see those often because he's never allows himself to get out of position. He's playing a great game right now. So, even if Bergeron and Krejci do decide to call it quits after this year which they very well might especially if the Bruins make a deep run aren't the Bruins just then a couple of centermen away from being set for the next five years maybe more it's going to be interesting to see but I feel a lot better about the Bruins today for the five year outlook of this team than I did six months ago and that is all thanks to Jim Montgomery that's all we got for you tonight On the Brady Farkas show. Next up, we'll be sending it over to Brent Curtis for High School Hoops. Got a good one tonight. Girls basketball action, Harwood taking on Lamoille. This will be my final show. Like I said, subbing for Brady. I hope he had a great vacation. He will be back with regularly scheduled Brady Farkas show programming on Monday. Hope everybody had a great Christmas, great holiday season. New Year's coming up. Be safe out there. Don't do anything stupid. And have a good time with friends and family as we wind out this holiday season and 2022. We'll see everybody in 2023. Norwich Hockey tomorrow. High school basketball with Brent Curtis, Lemoyle, and Harwood is coming up next. For now, I'm Nick Mumley. Have a great night, everybody.